0: Way to start the New Year's as we kind of transition back. It was, I was just telling Pastor Steve, it's so nostalgic, like, seeing him play worship again. And uh, I don't know if you are here back Wednesdays, but that's when I came. It was like this. So, and it was good. But we're going to actually be in Matthew chapter 5 um, this evening. And we're just going to continue going through the gospel. We're going to continue following Jesus' steps and his disciples. Uh, we're actually just going to be in verses 1 and 3. Tonight, I'm just going to cover one verse. Uh, so we've actually reached a point in the gospel uh, when Jesus gives the famous, uh, what you call, it, Sermon on the Mount. If you guys heard this before, it's kind, of, um, it's kind of something we've heard. If you guys been to church before, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. So after he chooses, as Chauncey was saying, basically a bunch of fishermen uh, to primarily turn the world upside down, Jesus uh, spent some time. He spent a lot of his time actually prepping his disciples uh, to understand something. um, To understand, as we're going to read, that there is really this, uh, what you would call, kingdom near to us. Uh, That's something I wanted to explain tonight. In fact, one of the first things that Jesus came preaching right out of of the water was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? And so there is this kingdom that I want to talk about that Jesus brought with him. That is really woven in and tied in with the gospel, uh, with the good news. Um, And so I know when we think about the gospel message, uh, I really want us to know what Paul is saying in Colossians. As you and I have been delivered, we've been transferred out of the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved son. And I think sometimes we see salvation, churchgoers, this is primarily us, churchgoers, uh, salvation about being saved and then one day going to be with Jesus, right? Right? Like, that's the story. Uh, but starting 2023, I really want us to start dialing in on that time in between those two events. So when Jesus is saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, what he is saying that it is near and it is closer than you and I think it is. How close? But Jesus says in Luke 17 that the kingdom of God is in your midst. And what he's saying to the church at large today, what he's saying to Calvary Chapel, us here today, is that the kingdom of God is within you. And so we don't know, uh, so we know, I know we know that John tells us in Revelation that there will be a physical kingdom coming with a physical reign and rule, uh, Jesus ru- ruling and reigning over all of creation. This is in Revelation, but for us today, as believer, one author says, we live in the presence of the future, right? So we're tasting and seeing all of God, what, what, all, uh, what God has for us now, right? I, I think I went through that message already but not yet. Right? Like this is the already but not yet. Okay, so in the kingdom, this kingdom really is made visible through you and I. So it is seen. And so how is it made visible? Thank you for asking all the right questions. And so in Matthew 5, really what Jesus does is he, he rounds up his disciples and gives them a message on what he calls the Beatitudes. Uh, if you guys hear Beatitudes, the word in the Greek actually means to be blessed. It means actually to be well-off. Mitch and I was talking about this actually on Sunday. It actually translates to supremely blessed. Like this is the highest form of blessing. And so when we think about that word blessed, what comes to mind? Right? We often associate that word to um, being very happy or enjoying some type of good fortune. Right? This may look like having a bunch of nice things or uh, accumulating a lot of stuff or uh, life just being really, really, really good to us. But I know most of us here lived long enough to know that life is unpredictable. It is. Anything can happen. It's not always good to us, is it? And if we could have everything we've ever wanted, it's really never enough. We're never really satisfied. And so right now, what I'm saying tonight is that Jesus here is trying to cast a different vision of what it means to be blessed. So I want us to reorient our minds, reshape our minds and our hearts. Uh, What I want us to know as we enter into this time is that the Beatitudes are not a formula for happiness. I'm going to say that one more time. The Beatitudes are not a formula for happiness, but they are a declaration from God about us. So... What that means, I'm going to explain, for you and I today is that we are blessed, supremely blessed. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you put your faith in him, you know he died for you. You and I are supremely blessed, oftentimes despite our circumstances. Here's an example. Uh, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, right? So this is something that's going on inside of us. Who here wants to acknowledge every day that they are insufficient. Like who here every day wants to acknowledge that they lack in everything? It really means completely bankrupt before God. It, it really, it's really admitting to ourselves that you and I are not capable of saving our own souls. That's what it means. And yet God declares to us, you are blessed. How about this one? Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I don't think that's a feeling that we kind of go to. Right? Like, I'm not going to choose to mourn today. Right? You don't wake up in the morning like, I'm going to grieve today. Right? That's not something that we kind of go through, right? But it happens to us. Uh, did you know that today that you and I live in a culture that tells us to pursue happiness at all costs? That's the kind of culture that you and I live in today. Uh, you, you just do you, right? Like you, hear that? you just do you and you just find things to kind of indulge in. And really what that means is like, find things to indulge in so you can disconnect from the world. You try to disconnect from the brokenness of the world, from the problems of life, and yet we find out real, real quick that it does not fix the problems. It does not fix the brokenness. Uh, we just have to deal with them later. Because the reality is that's our reality. There is no getting around it. Happy New Year's. See, the blessing is when we recognize our sin and everything sin brought with it. It brought suffering, it brought pain, it brought death, not just in our lives, but uh, this is what you and I are surrounded by today around us. It's around us, it's in us, it's everywhere, and what God is saying is do not ignore it. Don't ignore it. Recognize it and let the gospel invade and redeem all that is lost, but it starts with going through mourning. And this is something that you and I are going to go through. We're going to grieve over our sin, we're going to grieve over the brokenness. What about this one? I like this one. Blessed are those. Blessed are those who persecute you. Huh? Blessed are those who persecute you and revile you and utter all kinds of evil things against you. Really trash talking you for his name's sake. Now, I don't know about you. But somebody coming at me sideways, my response is not always ha ha ha, ha right? It's not always a humble response. And yet, this is what Jesus came teaching. And yet, as, and so as we go through the Beatitudes, really, in the next eight weeks, I want us to know them. I said this, to know in your Noah, right, to memorize them, to meditate on them, so that you and I do not forget in 23 that you and I have been delivered. This means transferred out of the domain of darkness, under the rule of Satan, under sin, under bondage, and into the kingdom of light, under the beloved Son now. So you and I are following Jesus Christ. And so I call this the upside-down kingdom. Right? A kingdom that is so unfamiliar to us as believers because it's not the standard of what the, world, a kingdom, uh, what the world says a kingdom should look like. It's definitely not what the world says how we should behave. But this is what really, tonight, I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest, really sets the church apart. One last thing to remember. Listen, is that these are not commands that we are called to rigidly obey. Right, those are the thou shalts and the thou shalt nots. This is something you and I do not produce. The beatitudes are not something that you and I choose to do. Right? We don't. Like I say, you don't wake up one morning. I'm going to grieve this morning, like I feel like grieving, or I feel like being poor in spirit, or I feel like being empty and weak. Rather, the longer you walk with Jesus, the more you and I will recognize these conditions described in the beatitudes: poverty of spirit, mourning, and emptiness. You and I do not create these virtues. We do not create these behaviors, but over time, Jesus is the one accomplishing these things in us. So don't be discouraged. And so we're going to just focus on the first one tonight. And we're going to go through each one for the next eight weeks or seven weeks. Um, I'm actually going to start in chapter four because uh, this is actually primarily what Jesus is doing in his ministry. It's going to start in chapter four, uh, verse 23. Uh, Chapter 4, verse 23. Amen when you're there. Amen? Amen. Uh, Matthew says, And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So uh, So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick. Those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, and the Decapolis, uh, and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. When he says beyond the Jordan, really, uh, it means us. Seeing the crowds, verse one, chapter uh, chapter five, verse one. He says, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Verse 2, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, uh, blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would speak to us, Lord God, uh, through this time. Would you quiet our hearts and our minds to uh, hear your word, to hear your truth, Lord God. Um, and let it just resonate with us. I pray that you would speak to us all individually tonight, Father, as we uh, continue throughout this year, Lord, um, I pray that this would be more real to us, uh, that we would start trusting you in areas that we uh, maybe uh, are insecure about or are scared about letting these things go, Father, but you, you called us to you, Lord God, and so um, I pray that we would answer that call, Lord God, uh, the gospel, your good news really demands a response, and so, Father, I pray, Lord, um, In everything, Lord, that this message would stir up our affections more for you to love you and to love others. uh, And to really um, speak truth into our lives about who we are um, and what you've come to do. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, man, I hope I don't finish too quick. I just might. So when Jesus... uh, it's just one verse. So when Jesus really uh, talks about being poor in spirit, what I want us to remember is that uh, this is not something, again, that you and I seek out to do. Uh, nobody seeks out some, this, called, this thing called spiritual poverty. Uh, nobody wakes up one day, like I said, and says, said, uh, I'm going to be poor in my spirit today. Uh, I don't think anybody done, anybody's done that. So rather, this is something that's going to happen to us. This happens to us, uh, and I think we can all relate is that um, initial time uh, when we got saved. Anybody remember that time? I think Pastor Steve just m- mentioned, right, you were uh, in the car, your friend jumped in, and right there, you were hitting the thing. And <laughs> and he got, right? And, but, you, you, <laughs> but you clearly remember those times. You remember that time. And I don't know when that time was uh, for you, but uh, once upon a time when I came upon this rock. Too quiet. I wasn't doing so great. If you guys know my story, I'm with the ministry of U Turn for Christ, Pastor Keone and Auntie Jean, uh, amazing people. Um, oops, take, sorry, taking me in. Um, taking me in here, um, really I was uh, coming from Oahu where I grew up, and I was addicted really to mad drugs, uh, uh, mad drugs. Like I was 105 pounds when I got here, like soaking wet. Some of you might not really have this background. Maybe some of you do. Maybe some of you don't. But I know at some point in our lives, really what I'm trying to say here is that uh, maybe we've all been in a position uh, where we were at the end of ourselves. Right? Maybe some of us come out of really, really bad relationships. I know how that is. Uh, maybe you guys went through some really horrible experiences uh, with some things. But for the most part, I know that we had a time in our life. All of us here, there's no way, that there's a time in our life uh, where we felt kind of hopeless and we felt empty. And so uh, my story here is that I came to U-Turn for Christ with some very high expectations. Yeah, some high, I, I just heard the name Christ. Uh, I went to church uh, my whole life, and so I heard the name Christ, and I was like, I think this is going to be good for me. And so uh, if I just get away from Oahu, this is what I was thinking, if I just get away from Oahu, if I just surround myself with better people, if I just ground myself in a Christian uh, ministry, then I think things will start to look okay. Yes, uh, what you and I would call, these are things called safeguards, right? So but uh, really uh, what these are is safeguards. Really these things are set up in our lives today. We set these things up in our lives today uh, to steer us, to kind of keep us on the right track, if you know what I'm saying. We have these things in our lives, uh, accountability partners, friends, people that we talk to, and so we have this routine or this thing. So I thought this was going to be really, really good for me, but in a sense, uh, I was just cutting the weeds. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I was just really cutting the weeds. I, uh, I was changing what I can see, uh, not really digging out any roots. So one night, we actually came here. Uh, it was a Wednesday just like this. Um, it was packed. There was a lot of people. Um, and uh, I was in the first phase of the program. I was sitting right there. I think it was only about four of us. This was the first time I'd been in the ministry. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I came into the program. I was in the first phase, and I was sitting right there um, and... Pastor Steve actually allowed this lady. uh, I texted him earlier this week about the lady's name. Uh, Pastor Steve allowed this lady to actually speak up here, right? What? Yeah, I don't. (laughs) For like about seven and a half hours, I think it was. It felt like seven and a half hours. Uh, It was. I was still sobering up at the time. It probably wasn't that long, but it felt. It felt really. Mitch, I think you were there, but uh, something happened. Like, I want to explain to you, like, something happened that night. And I don't know what happened. I couldn't put my finger on it. But as she was giving her testimony, as she was uh, telling her testimony to me about, about, uh, actually to all of us, that she was converted from Islam, uh from muslim from islam to christianity uh she gave her life to jesus christ uh and and started doing church in her own country uh this is a place where a christianity is insanely persecuted i'm not talking like i don't want to hear that no like this is it's not like come to our sunday services all are welcome right bill and heather are outside greeting no this is if uh they found out if somebody found out we're going to be murdered that's the kind of persecution she was dealing with. That's the kind of uh, country that she was living in. And so um, if they found out, um, it wasn't, I'm coming into the service to give you a warning. No, she told me that uh, she was telling all of us, sorry, uh, it felt like she was talk, speaking to me, but she was, she was saying uh, if people were to find out and they were coming in, they are coming in to plant bombs. Right? And at that, that point, man, I thought my life was bad, really made all my problems like, See, she was dying for what she believed in. She was putting her life on the line to convert other Muslims into Christians. And I was dying, I was dying because I was addicted to heroin and meth, right? So, and I, so I started really weighing out those two things uh, in my head that night. Uh, we're both going to die someday, but uh, obviously I was dying for the wrong thing. And so during all of this, there was this, uh, I don't know how to explain it, this consistent just gnawing within me. And it just kept gnawing and gnawing, and it felt like, like I said, seven, seven eight hours uh, inside of me. Like, what in the world would drive this person to do what she's doing while everything around her is telling her not to do this thing? Like, right. And, like, why is there such a joy about you? Like, why is there such a, a pleasantness on you, even though you're walking into service knowing that it could be your last service? Like, that's insane. Knowing at any moment it could be Fourth of July in there. And so as she was speaking, man, I realized, man, this Christian faith, this following after Jesus thing had nothing to do with what's going on around me. Nothing. And so often, I think we can, and I love you guys, I love everybody here, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that Pastor Steve uh, brought me on, um, and I'm thankful that I can be here today, but I love you guys. And I would say, I think so often, I think we can uh, really blame um, everyone else, blame everything else the way that we are the way that we are because of them. And so in my case, nobody forced my hand to do anything. Really, I made those choices. That's what brought me here. And so despite coming to Kauai, despite surrounding myself uh, with good people, despite uh, grounding myself in a Christian ministry, may have changed what was going on around me. It did not change what was going on inside of me. Nothing. It didn't change anything. I was still miserable and I was still full of it. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, I was, right? Nothing changed except the people and the places. You see, God can change your circumstances, but it does not change you. God met me in that place. You see, my best choices in life brought me here. There. My best choices in life brought me there. And the sooner that I realized that I was the problem, God met me in that place. So when she gave the altar call, right, there's always that final, like, anybody want to come up right now? Kind of, right? You guys heard that service? Anybody want to come up right now? Give... Before she could even finish, me, I was there. I think it was just me and then one guy, Sione, right? So it was just me and one other guy. I, it was a packed room. I guess everybody else was saved. Um, before she could even finish, I was there. I was, and guess what? It was ugly. It was so ugly, right? I Got the snot and the got the tears in my got tears in my eyes. And I was crying and just it was happy, ugly crying. There was a point. I want to explain this. There was a point in my life where I thought I was done, right? There was a point uh, that I thought I was finally done uh, doing what I was doing on. Oh wow! I thought I was at the end of myself when I hopped on that plane. Wrong. I was so wrong. It was on that Wednesday night where the Spirit of God uh, gave me no other option but to start looking at myself. Like like this? That if my best choices got me here, then why am I still trying to control my situation? Like why am I still trying to control what's going on around me? This is why I was so miserable like, why do I keep believing in myself to do the right thing when I've only wasted my life, squandered my life up to this point? And it was that. See, J- Jesus saved me when I realized I could not save myself. Now, this is not everybody's story. I know that. And I know this isn't your story. But I'm sure you guys have some kind of similar story where a uh, similar thing where it's brought you to that place. But this is my story. And I just wanted to share that with you as we begin uh, so you guys can get to know me just a little bit more. Um, I was tired and I was weary trying to manage my situations. I was tired trying to manage my own life. I was tired trying to manage my relationships. This is what you call I was at the end of myself. And I know whatever I was doing was absolutely not working. But you see, it was on that night that I felt God's invitation it was there where I felt the most joy. It was at that moment uh, where that ugly, hap- right, that ugly crying, that, that time where I said, I cannot do this. Where I felt the most free and I felt the most unashamed. And it is there where God declares you and I blessed. That's what this beatitude is talking about. And if this is you tonight, God freely welcomes you into his presence. Freely. Are you tired? Are you weary? See, this beatitude here, I just want us to know, is an invitation. Right? I feel convicted. No, it's an invitation. Don't feel like that. Jesus, uh, uh, G, uh, John 3.17 says, Jesus didn't come into our to condemn the world, but to save us. So this is an invitation, If you feel that conviction, you feel that kind of stirring in your heart, it's an invitation for you to finally come to ourselves, confess our need for Jesus and what he says, I'm going to give you the kingdom. It's like that. Amen? Now, for those of us who've been here for a while, I wanted to kind of get both. Those of us who have been here for a while, this is essential to our spiritual growth. Like, we need to know this. This is why Jesus begins with this one first. Uh, We need to know this because it's essential for a growing in our spiritual walk. Jesus said, I have not come, what did he say, to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Basically, he's saying, you don't need a doctor if you ain't sick, right? And so... I know we've all felt this uh, before. Uh, I know we've uh, had an honest, really, what that happens, what happens here is that we have an honest now opinion about ourselves, how easily we can forget what we start to look like, right? E- how easily we can forget what we where we were and what we look like. James talks about this. Uh, he said, when a man looks in a mirror, uh, he then looks at himself, uh, gazes upon himself, he then walks away and then forgets what he looks like. I'm kind of butchering it. Right? And so really, so for those of you who've been walking, do we recognize our need for Jesus today like the day that you got saved? That's a serious question. And I'm not just talking like, oh my gosh, we always need Jesus. No, like I'm being serious. What I'm trying to say is that we can easily forget how spiritually bankrupt we were because what? God starts filling it. He's the one that fills us up. Like, you've been walking with Jesus for a while now. Like, you look good. Got some scripture under your belt. I think Pastor Steve talks about this all the the time. Like, you got some scripture under your belt. You're attending Bible studies, church services. Life is cleaned up. And the minute a brother or sister tries to correct you in the church or starts to rebuke you, your posture is how dare you. Right? How dare you rebuke me? See, my encouragement is let's not think really too highly of ourselves and really that message is for me right god resists the proud but gives grace to the humble see you and i are where we are today you and i are who we are today because jesus saved us right so uh let's never forget our need for him when we uh lose sight what i'm trying to say here is when we lose sight of our honest opinion oh once we uh that what we once had about ourselves um I think it's a uh, much more difficult to grow spiritually. Uh, I'm I'm really I'm I'm not talking about more service. I'm not talking about reading your Bible plan this year. Um, I'm not talking about praying more. I'm talking about maturity. I think it's hard to grow spiritually in your maturity. And God is not done with any of us yet. Amen. Amen. So next week we're gonna do really verse four. Uh, but my encouragement to you this year is to read Matthew five, uh, one through twelve, and memorize them. Uh, like I said, know it in your Noah. Uh, these are these beatitudes are not something you produce. Once again, these are this is going to happen to you. You're going to experience them, and I want you to recognize them and w- for us to respond in the right way. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you for this night, Lord. Uh, we thank you for who you are, God, and. Uh, I think our testimony is all the same. We were at the end of ourselves, Lord. We had nowhere else to turn and nowhere else to look, uh, and so we and so you've brought us here, and you freely welcome us uh, into your presence, Father, if there is anybody um, in here tonight that feels they're stirring um, in your hearts, there is really no prayer, Lord uh, to to uh to repeat after really it's just coming and being honest with ourselves lord i i cannot save myself i need you to save me i believe in you lord that you died for me that you paid for my sins god and so help me to put my faith and trust in you and that's it and lord for the rest of us here father i pray this new year lord that you would help us to uh follow you more to love you more and to love others God, if there's anybody in here tonight that... that is sick because I, I, I can hear the sniffles, Lord. I pray that you would heal them. Lord, a lot of people coming into this room sick tonight. So I, I thank you, God, that you would move their hearts to be here to listen to your word and to um, join in as a body um, on a Wednesday night, Father. I pray for everybody in here, Lord, for just sweet sleep tonight, to meditate on your word, Lord God. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them um, and that they, they would know the depths of your love, Lord God, for them. So we love you and we praise you, Lord. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.